It's true, there is some angels in this city. Ladies and gentlemen, the phenomenal Bjork. The philosopher said, beauty is only skin deep. Thank you, life. Thank you, love. Cavemen illustrated their walls with their dreams. By a nose, Nicole Kidman. This is blowing Spielberg's mind. Testing, testing. Testing, hello. Hello, testing. Hello, testing. Thank you, testing. Thank you, test. You can go. You're free to go. Um, hello. Hi, Mary. How are you? I'm good, Zoe. How are you? Good. I'm very excited to be with you on this auspicious... This most auspicious of days. <laughs> so this is Picture This. Who are we? We are just two gals. We are industry adjacent. Mind your business. Mind your own business. Film lovers. Acutely obsessive intakers of the culture. We have no choice in it, really. It's just how our minds work. We bonded over what our minds choose to hold on to, which is facts about old Academy Awards, basically. <laughs> Do I know my times tables? No. But I could tell you what year Bjork wore her swan dress. I could absolutely tell you that. I could tell you when Julia Roberts was with the hottest man alive, Benjamin Bratt. I could tell you when Sting was thirsty for the Oscar. Thirstiest man alive. And what do these things all have in common? It was the year 2000. March 25th, 2001. Shrine Auditorium. Steve Martin is hosting. The ceremony runs for three hours and 23 minutes. (laughs) And yet 42.9 million people tuned in. Yes, we're talking about a time when the Oscars still mattered to the culture. I guess they still matter to the industry for sure, but this is when they mattered to people outside of the industry. This is when the ceremony was like an actual event that people watched. Mm. This is Steve Martin's first time hosting, which is crazy. Because I just we just think of him as I would assume he's hosted thousands of times. You can tell he's a little nervous. Yes, he's fully in in dad joke mode, which is hit or miss, (laughs) but very, very much of a time. I think the overall theme of this is that everything about the ceremony, the outfits, this fashion, the hair, the hair, the movies themselves, the absolute insanity that is like the pomposity of oscars and like when there was not that much self-awareness about how insane it all is i miss it honestly (laughs) i mean (laughs) so on this podcast we will be talking about the first decade of the millennium particularly personal to us as children of different decades but (laughs) okay well we're dragging my ass okay march 25th 2001 i am 12 i've just turned 12 huge huge and my mom is like a big part of this for me she's like making popcorn this is like the night of nights it's a special night it's a special Sunday before school starts. Absolutely. Well, see, in Australia, it was Monday night. 
It was like oh my god Monday yeah, afternoon time travel yeah. forgot about that and this was like pre-internet <laughs> so <laughs> the internet didn't exist guys I, no one had ever heard of wi-fi it was still exciting and like who's gonna win and yeah but did you go to school the next day and we're like you guys well so i was in your bassinet <laughs> I was six at the time. I was in first grade. Okay, cute. No. Were you allowed to stay up and watch? So I I honestly, sadly, don't remember if I watched this ceremony. My, like, cognizance of, like, holy fuck, I love the Oscars, didn't come until a bit later. Thank you so much to... Anna Loves Movies. Shout out An incredible Anna Loves YouTube movies. account that has VHS recordings of old Oscar telecasts. <laughs> Anna, you're a real one. She's such we, a real one for that. We love your work. Keep, we keep love it that going. You, we love that you kept the commercials in. Uh absolutely. Because what a Britney Spears's tribute to Pepsi. <laughs> A four-minute epic ode to Pepsi is... The most Americana four minutes ever recorded. March two, it's March 2001. It, it fully puts you in a place in time. But I guess we should also, like, explain what the podcast is. I mean, if you want. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're re-watching the ceremony. We're re-watching the movies. We're thinking, okay, picture this. What if Russell Crowe didn't win Best Actor? We're going to do some rehashing, some what does this all mean in the culture today? In hindsight, is she 2020? Yeah. And often, no. (laughs) No. No. Yeah. I think we're interested in looking at what the Oscars value why they value it in terms of like cultural context entertainment value entertainment value what the state of the industry at the time who had influence over everyone but also like why they choose to value certain things and above things that tend to actually stay in the culture that stay culturally important and relevant and mean a lot to people because often the things that people return to over and over again are not what are awarded and acknowledged in this way and also it's just very interesting like what if certain movies or people had had the PR machine behind them yeah I think this is a could have should have would have situation yes a bit of revisionist history. Also, in doing so, we're going to look at patterns that the Academy Awards tend to display, like giving career Oscars to people and, you know, playing a bit of sliding doors. What would happen if that person had won for the thing they actually should have won for? How does that affect time and history itself? <laughs> Yeah, like if Kate Hudson wins for Almost Famous. Does she leave acting for athleisure wear? These are the questions. These are the huge questions. We are going to 
go through these categories and we're going to discuss who we think should have been nominated. We're also going to get into who was hot. Who was hot and who was not. (laughs) (laughs) Are we going to have an argument along the way? You bet your ass. Absolutely. That's what we're here for. Okay. Picture this. It's the year 2000. Oh, yeah. Also, just some like math for you guys. Just get with it. We're starting with the year 2000. Don't at me about the fact that it starts with 2001 because go fuck yourself. (laughs) 2000 is what we're starting with. And each Academy Awards happens three months after the year ends about. So we are talking about the 2001 Oscars that are celebrating 2000 in film. Films released in the year 2000. Exactly. This is what we're dealing with. The criteria for what we're choosing from is that a movie was released theatrically in the U.S. in that year. Movies that are often considered 2000 films, i.e. In the Mood for Love, is not considered until next year because it was not released in the U.S. until 2001. I think that's what the Academy Awards, like, rules are anyways. So get get behind that. We're so excited to take this journey with you. We are just, like, really good friends that (laughs) (laughs) love movies and love discussing, love each other so much and love discussing what if. Hollywood's crazy, you guys. Hollywood is crazy. Like, re-watching these ceremonies. That's such a hot take. (laughs) That might be too spicy for the internet. So we've rewatched this ceremony twice now. One under the influence. Twice under the influence. (laughs) (laughs) And I recommend. Yeah. If you want to have a fun night, go back and watch some old Oscar telecasts. They are wild. Now there is such a level of self-awareness of like calibrating how exciting this is for everyone, but also recognizing that it's like doesn't really mean anything slash in the greater context of the world isn't very important. And that is just like not a thing in 2001. It must be said is pre 9-11, which I think plays a huge Huge. part in this. Like it's not there's we're on the precipice of a (laughs) whoa. Okay. (laughs) that's one way to put it (laughs) like everything is mostly fine y2k didn't happen the world didn't end you know what that's the vibe of the ceremonies like thank god y2k didn't happen (laughs) so these people have all the power in the world julia roberts is at the height of her power we are surrounded by movie stars movies are making so much money so much money and also there is like if you look at the release schedule for the year 2000 there's like hundreds of movies yeah and it's not like okay this is a crazy metaphor separation of church and state of like blockbusters and indies like they're all swimming and how blockbusters make billions of dollars and indies make two million dollars it's much more like all in the middle a movie like gladiator can make hundreds of millions of dollars but a movie like pollock 
ever heard of it. I hadn't. <laughs> um, can also make $10 million, which for a movie about Jackson Pollock is like huge. That would not happen today. This is a time when mo- every movie had a chance to make money. Movies mm. and the theatrical experience still mattered. It wasn't we're, even a question. Yeah. We're basically pre-IP driven blockbusters. You have a hint of that with X-Men this year, but it really comes next year. We'll get to it in the next episode. <laughs> but let's look at the box office, shall we? Yeah, let's do that. In the top ten, we have one sequel. That's wild. The number one grossing film was Mission Impossible 2. And then you have Gladiator, Castaway, What Women Want. Those are three movies made for an adult movie-going audience. And they all made a lot of money. That does not happen now. Then you have Dinosaur, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, Your Mate, (laughs) Meet the Parents, The Perfect Storm, X-Men, and What Lies Beneath. Most of those movies are for adults. Also interesting the Meet the Parents of it all. Of, like, big-budget comedy. Yeah, big-budget comedy in there. You have a disaster movie. You have, like, a real, like, adult thriller in What Lies Beneath. Okay. Fucking great movie. movie. Only two kids' movies. I The Oscars didn't even have best animated feature at this point. Yeah, not yet. That comes next year. Okay, should we get into it? Picture this. Here are the movies that we're looking at this year. You've got... Aaron Brockovich, Requiem for a Dream, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Pollock, Before Night Falls, Gladiator, Shock a Lot, Shock a Lot. You can count on me. Oh, brother, where art thou? Hey, Zoe, what is quills? (laughs) So Mary's asking this pointed question because I can guarantee you're the only person I know in this world that has seen the movie Quills. Again, I was 12 in this, barely. Um, Okay, so I went through a huge Joaquin Phoenix um, era. Right. In which I watched his entire filmography, including the film 8mm. Do not do that. Yeah, and I watched Quills and honestly couldn't tell you what's his name. Jeffrey Rush. Rush. (laughs) What's his name? The Marquis de Sade. Yeah, I guess he's like a writer. <laughs> and they like, ta- it's called quills because he like, they take away his quills. quills. <laughs> his aforementioned quills. <laughs> and they throw him in a dungeon. And they're like, stop writing. And he's like, no. And then they they take away his quills. And you, all I remember from this movie, first of all, Kate Winslet's bosom in her like peasant dress. Mm. And also, Jeffrey Rush writing on the walls of his dungeon cell in shit, his own fecal matter, because he's like, you can't stop me, I'm a writer. (laughs) This is what I mean of, like, (laughs) the stuff that the Oscars chooses, that the Academy chooses to nominate, movies that no one has heard of 20 years later like quills the contender literally never heard of it before this podcast it's just interesting the independent films they deem worthy 
But then, like, some independent films, they don't. They don't really consider foreign films. Crouching Tiger is a huge exception. Like, I think this was, like, a real watershed moment for that. But they also don't consider, like... They love movies that make money, but not movies that make money that are, like, pop culture. That are accessible to a younger audience that like are about young women or about women in general or, or if young women like it yes it's not taken seriously yeah why are certain things taken seriously over others is this very is, interesting let's take a look at best supporting actress so this was an interesting year for this category we've got Marsha gay harden for pollock Judy Dench for Chocolat, Kate Hudson for Almost Famous, Frances McDormand for Almost Famous, and Julie Walters for Billy Elliot. I think most people did not think <laughs> Marsha Gay Harden would win for this, win for Pollock. She did. It was a bit of an upset. <laughs> oh, I thought you were saying like she thought she was going to win because that's her speech is like, yes, thank you. Yeah, I mean, if you want to see a perfect example of what we're talking about watch Marsha Gay Harden's speech for Pollock I think the Pollock team I mean no disrespect but like their attitude is the real Ed Harris's wife is like shaking crying shaking crying when she wins it's incredible I think yes I think this was a big upset I've heard Marsha Gay Harden has since talked about how Judy Dench was furious. Oh my God, really? Lost. Yeah, she. I think she talked to Vulture about. She's like someone was not happy, um, and and we we know it's Dame. I think we do. We know it's Judy. Has Jude? Has Jude? <laughs> does she have one? Yeah, she must. She's a Dame. She's a, a real dame. I mean, if she's going to win one... She ha- she does have an Academy Award. For what? Shakespeare in Love, maybe? What? Can you believe... This is what we're talking about, folks. Okay, but if you're going to win one, it's... Yep, for, for Shakespeare in Love. Okay, like, that's crazy. But, again, we're also going to be looking at the powers that be that shape these things. Yeah. And if we're talking about the 2000s... The early 2000s. Sincerest apologies. Harvey Weinstein will be coming up a lot because he had so much power and influence over the Academy Awards. That was his mission. Like, also, like, how fucking lame is that? It's like his Grow life's up. mission is to just, like, collect Oscars. That's so shit. fucking lame. Anyways. So, Marsha wins. I personally think Marsha Gay Harden and Nathan Lane should play siblings. <laughs> I think Nathan Lane would crush playing Marsha Gay Harden. Absolutely. Yes. So Mary, who do you see? It's not necessarily like who would you nominate, but like, yes, but it also has to be like who could have been with the right spin, who's like, right. you know, who should right. have knowing what we know now. I do have Kate Hudson and Frances McDormand mm-hmm. for Almost Famous because I'm sorry, it's a great movie. It's a wonderful film. It's a wonderful film. And it is one of the few movies from this year that people 
continue to love, continue to discover, and continue to rewatch. It's a beloved movie. It's a classic. And there, I mean, we'll get we'll get to it. I mean, I'll get to it in about five minutes, probably. Um, <laughs> I'm keeping Julie Walters just because I love her. Um, then I have some additions. The fact that Michelle Yeoh was not nominated for Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon is unforgivable really insane like this i mean this movie will come up a lot crouching tiger hidden dragon is a pem a perfectly executed movie no notes a mary coined trademark tm yeah it means i have no notes pem will come up a lot there's nothing you could change about it to make it better it's just perfect t to b um and michelle yo is incredible in it she's in incredible stunt performer martial arts performer actrice extraordinaire she's heartbreaking in this she's so heartbreaking in this movie she's so stoic and filled with dignity but she has this like underlying longing the longing so beautiful this movie's so beautiful so that's like an very obvious addition to me Mm mm-hmm and then here's the start of my the academy doesn't take movies about teenage girls seriously rant that will continue for the rest of my life absolutely 2000 is the year that virgin suicides was released and for my personal life it had a huge effect on me i think i saw it when i was like 13 or 14 and i was like this is my mind was blown it has like some of the most influential aesthetics of any movie released in the past 30 years, like on both film, but also just like pop culture itself, like fashion, like would Tumblr exist without Sofia Coppola? Okay. Whoa. You know, but it's also like the first movie I saw that took the experience of being a teenage girl very seriously. I also have Kirsten Dunst in there for virgin suicides and see i think there is a world in which that could have happened absolutely because this movie was very well received paramount vantage absolutely could have run a campaign for this movie but kind of crazy that they didn't didn't. like Like, this movie should have i'm like should have at least been nominated for best cinematography for costume production design like all the below the line stuff is so well done had we not embraced the nepotism baby yet were we still like of course they had but because she they never really have for sophia i feel like this is something we've talked about sophia coppola has never given been given the respect she deserves like, and I know, like, you can roll your eyes at that because... For the record, I didn't. No, she didn't. Um, the record states <laughs> she has a lot of so much, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh, my God. I cannot help you. I know. Sophia Coppola is... Okay, but I... You hear her talk about making this movie, and she was like, no one gave a shit. Mm -hmm. She, like, purposely tried not to have her dad involved, but it was like, she couldn't get anything done. Yeah. So that's why I'm like, well, 
was it really well received like what were we like yeah i think my impression of reading things that came out at the time and also interviews at the time is that it was begrudgingly well received and sophia herself received so little respect like even if you watch interviews from the 2010s with her every single interviewer is so condescending like yes she is absolutely a nepo baby she has so much advantage in this world whatever or not whatever but like (laughs) she's also really fucking talented yeah i think my take on my spicy hot take on virgin (laughs) suicides is that this is clearly a movie lover's movie like yeah like she you can you can feel her love of cinema in this because like you said every single detail is like this is a fully formed like world that she's created the thing i love about her is in the way she makes her movies and i think why they're so aesthetically influential is that she takes inspiration not just from other films but she's referencing artists and photographers and is like music the role music plays in all of her movies like it's just so well-rounded in its references but it's not even a referential movie it's just like she is such an incredible creator of vibe it's like so tactile okay she is the reason that okay she's a really good example of like why we should not always separate the art from the artist if you're a director because Mm. movies are a chunk of the director's brain yeah like yeah you are offering us up a piece of your like how you view the world yes the director is showing you how they view the world and i think kirsten dunn this is like her breakout role this is in terms of like prestige prestige but also like i can do both i can be in literally any movie and make it shine make it sane she is so good at externalizing the internal turmoil of being a teenage girl like she can do drop dead gorgeous and this in the same year she's one of our best listen welcome back to talking kiki yeah this Um, is a kirsten dunst appreciation podcast yeah she's in my coven okay so you're going with Kiki Dunst, Michelle Yeoh, Michelle Yeoh, Julie Walters, Walters, Francis McDormand, and Kate Hudson. That's a tight five. That's a good five. For a year that like is often considered pretty lacking in heavy hitters, that's a good... I, I'm, I'm happy with that. Who are your nominees? Who do I have? To be honest, you know when they say like, they don't write roles for women... <laughs> they really don't they are not getting around i feel very sad to say this is like slim pickets yeah also notice these are all mostly white ladies absolutely i am gonna be someone who wants us to include comedic performances a thousand percent because i'd rather see Catherine o'hara singing about a terrier then watch Ellen Burstyn get electric shock therapy. That's right. Like, this is going to come up a lot for me, and I'm going to reference Melissa McCarthy and Bridesmaids a lot mm-hmm. because 
what the hell happened there that that's like one time right it had to be like the highest grossing comedy of all time for it to be taken seriously so i uh, i like your list a lot i honestly it's okay if you don't no i'm saying copy paste print Mm. i mean i you can throw almost anyone from best in show in there yeah i think for me best in show is one of those things where it's like everyone's incredible that's a sag award for best ensemble uh totally I mean, you've got your, is it Holly Hunter and Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Yeah. You've got Holly Hunter, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? You've got your Connie Nielsen, Gladiator. Okay, but who's on your list? Who's your top five? Kate Hudson wins. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> she, okay, but this is what I wanted. To... I'm just going to copy your list. Wait, I swapped Julie Walters for Connie Nielsen. Sorry. I'm just making an executive decision. I I understand. She's so powerful in Gladiator. But also, like, somebody come rescue this gal. Yeah. I mean, her brother's frightening and hot as hell. We'll get into <laughs> it. But yeah, I think there's an undeniable clear winner here, and that is Kate Hudson as Penny Lane. Okay. You know how we think about Kate Hudson now as, like, love her, love her so much. But do we have that same, like, not reverence, but, like, she's one of our divas if, like, she had won? What does her life look like? Okay, in this case, I think yes. Because Kate Hudson is so steadfastly herself that no matter what, she, this is the path she would have taken. Damn. Does she make nine? Because that was absolutely one hundred percent. She makes nine cinema italiano. <laughs> I mean, on. we'll get it. We'll it. get to it in two thousand nine. She is a, one of the few people. I think she has basically the exact same career. Wow, that's so interesting. She does how she is in how to lose a guy in ten days. She She's gets a in bigger paycheck, maybe. God bless. I don't know, though. I think she's one of those people that she was already going to be who she was, given the Goldie Hawn of it all, given it was like game, set, match, and it like didn't really matter if she actually won or not. I don't think she was ever going to have a career where she was going to like consistently be at the Oscars. I just think that Penny Lane is such a career-defining role. No one else could have done that part. She is like effervescent in that role. It's it's like one of the great actors meets roles situations yeah. for me. Also something we've talked about before, which I find fascinating. The phenomena of the young ingenue winning best actress. I know this is supporting, but yeah. like but then it's only old men older men winning best actor yes that like chasm mm-hmm. is alive and well best supporting actor for actual nominees we have jeff bridges for the contender willem defoe for shadow of the vampire never heard of her albert finney <laughs> for aaron brockovich joaquin phoenix for gladiator and benicio del toro winning for traffic the contender truly 
like actually had never like gone to my head couldn't had tell you never heard of this movie this is what i'm saying things that have a stench of prestige but aren't actually these people are tricked into thinking things are better than they are the oscars really are an emperor's new clothes yeah i told you it's good so just fucking believe me yeah you go first this time my boy joaquin he stays i also have joaquin staying i keep alba finney keep benicio mm-hmm. but i'm gonna throw a curveball here and again this will come up a lot where i push for these comedic performances but i don't think this is a comedic performance i think this is one of the best performances of all time rupaul and i'm a cheerleader yes okay i i love that he's not only so fucking funny yeah but it's also like i mean i just love this movie but it's so layered and talk about actor meets role yeah who else is playing this role i don't know i think this could have been like a very that would have been a very exciting nominee talk about a movie that was not taken seriously i love that okay you've also got i also have sam rockwell and charlie's angels but um yeah huge charlie's angels was one of the biggest movies of my life i i almost don't even want us to get into it because like charlie's angels is in my dna yes this is the movie that i feel like you and i both were like yeah okay shit yeah this movie is so important to both of us yeah that's honestly i don't even want to touch this yeah it's too precious but sam rockwell in that movie was pretty life-altering to me as a six-year-old that is a movie i saw like basically when it came out my cousin gave me a bootleg copy of charlie's angels on vhs at thanksgiving in probably i guess probably 2001 so i was mere seven years old popped that tape in (laughs) and absolutely ran it to the ground i watched that movie so many times (laughs) I saw Charlie's Angels on a date. I am so happy for you and so jealous. Sixth grade, summer vacation. Oh, my God. I go with my, I guess, boyfriend. Sixth grade. (laughs) His name was Grant. His twin brother was named Mitchell. Oh, God. Twins. Twins, babe. Was was the twin also on a date? Was it a double date? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a double date. Couldn't tell you. Twin double date? Twin double date. Anyway, I can't tell you who the girl was. Sorry to that man. I distinctly remember wearing a halter top to this. Oh, that's... And my dad was like, what the hell? (gasps) Oh, my God. That's tough. It was white and it had like... Was it from Gap? I remember Gap had so many. Like, my sister had those Gap halter tops with, like, the built-in bras. Oh, my. Built-in bras? (laughs) Whoa. My mind. I'm taken back. I am taken aback. Okay, so it was, like, white with, like, teal piping trim. Yes. Iconic. Okay, anyway. The movie, the lights go down. Movie comes up. Bitch. My life has changed. I'm in this theater alone, basically. Yeah. I am like, I don't care about anything but Mick G right now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the flames, the music, the high octane. Again, Drew Barrymore's bosom. Like, the whole yeah. thing. I'm like, 
fuck. Yeah. I was changed. Yeah. I walked in as a girl, walked out as a woman. <laughs> Those girls raised me. Sam Rockwell specifically. Like, the image of him dancing with a cigarette holding a Coke can <sighs> is Cinema. seared into my mind and will never leave me. Dragging his boot across the floor. So fucking hot and cool. Chinima. It's Chinima. Um, I love that. Okay, for me, I have Joaquin Phoenix. I'll keep Benicio del Toro. And then I got some changes. I've, I'm gonna I'm gonna put Philip Seymour Hoffman for Almost Famous in there. Okay, love that. I think he's. I mean, just so wonderful and lovely in that movie. I feel like that's what like a supporting performance should mm. be. You have like three really key scenes. It's like the definition of a supporting role. I'm going to add Mark Ruffalo for You Can Count on Me. Okay, whoa, yeah. I had never seen this movie. I watched it for this podcast, and I loved it. And I was floored by a young Mark Ruffalo. Like, yes, the hottest man. Like, I was just like, this is too much how hot he is but he's so good in that movie he's really good sweet baby angel baby brother who can't get his shit together cannot get his shit together constantly gets in his own way has great has really good intentions but always fucks up it's just like such a thoroughly drawn character and he is so perfect in it and it's such a great like here I am. Do we like this movie for the Oscars because it like gave us Kenneth Lonergan or because it's like this was an important movie at the time? Or is I think, the man or the movie more important? Okay, that's really interesting. I think for the Oscars, there's always a mixture of indie films they think are important and indie films that are actually like very good and very relevant And they always have a little bit of both. And to me, I feel like if I had watched the ceremony and been like a cognizant being at the time, I would have been like, I love, thank God they like acknowledged you can count on me. Whereas like the quills of it all, you're just like, (laughs) okay, yeah, another fucking British period piece. Or whatever, you know? Or whatever. Like, is it French question? Is it French? Is it Australian? I don't fucking know, and I don't care. At the end of the day. But I do think that You Can Count On Me was, like, an exciting movie at the time. Because he's an exciting new voice. And so I think it's a bit of both. I think it's both the movie and the man. But then my last, my kind of... I'm going to throw into the mix Jack Black in High Fidelity love that because that is an introduction to one of our great comedic performers one of our most unique this character is also like talk about a deep well of sadness like and within a very few in a very short amount of time you know exactly who this person is and he's so distinct and such an asshole but also like there's a reason for it. There's a reason for it and he's but he's also fucking hilarious. And it's just yeah. such a great introduction. That is a role that like 
he clearly took it and made it completely his own actor meets role actor meets role love it love to see it i do uh, this is a tough one for me there's no clear winner here i will give it to joaquin because with the fortune of hindsight looking at his career i think this is one of his oscars and he will have multiple absolutely but i think this should have been his first i think now's a great time to tell everyone how much we hated the movie traffic absolutely um this movie does not hold up listen no one loves miss stephanie soderbergh more than us yeah okay truly however this movie is one of the most upsetting movies i've ever seen in my life and it's a truly for what for the whole time we were watching we were screaming what the hell for yeah for what all of it is so on the nose we don't need to see a teenage girl in this level of peril yeah when it's the movie's not even about her yeah there are no follow-up scenes to this this is all in service Okay, I'm getting angry again. Yeah, but it makes me angry. Like, it's all we see a teenage girl, and like, let me just remind everyone that an actress had to do this. Yes. Okay, this isn't a book. We put this like poor girl in peril for the service of Michael Douglas's story. For her father's story. It's not for her story, it's for her father's story. It's just like very, and all of like, it just feels like every single storyline is very on the nose. It's the most obvious version of every of what you could do with that. It's like just because it has multiple storylines doesn't mean that it's, it's epic clever. or clever. <laughs> it's like, yeah, drugs affects everyone. Yeah, that's literally the thesis of the movie. Poor and it's other. fucking stupid. <laughs> Again, Mr. Soderbergh. Yeah. Well, okay. But and it's like, calm down because you already made an incredible movie this year. You didn't need to do this. Why make a really mediocre one? You had a good thing going with Aaron. Yeah. So this is why I don't give Benicio the Oscar. I think he's very good in it. He should have a Oscar. I don't think Think it's. it's, I I agree one thousand percent. Is he? really fucking hot this year yeah so beautiful but to me it goes to walking who what about you honestly i mean walking phoenix scared the shit out of me watching this as a child i don't think anyone else could have played that part honestly Uh, also just like the makeup (laughs) he's like not acting but like like... he looks like an inbred (laughs) prince in this movie yeah he looks like a wretched little prince yeah (laughs) nasty girl he's giving nasty girl where do we go from here Mary? best actress i think best actress okay interesting to me that aaron brockovich much like everything everywhere all at once aaron brockovich is released in march of 2000 yeah that almost never happens i mean gladiator came out in may that's also I, th- I wonder if that's a more modern phenomenon like i know that fall releases have always been a like oscar push but I wonder if the like clear delineation of first half of the year to second half of the year of nothing prestigious comes out in the first half. I wonder if that's like games. a new a newer phenomenon. I okay. 
I'm so smart. I wonder if it's because our attention spans have gotten shorter. I think it has to do with that. I also just think it has to do with the 24-hour news cycle. Things churn much quicker. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. I didn't know that's what you were saying. Well, I didn't articulate myself, so that's fine. Um, Also, just want to... This is irrelevant. This is apropos of nothing other than like speaking of things that came out at a weird time of year. The movie Reindeer Games came out in February. <laughs> they fully abandoned the reindeer. <laughs> they were like, you know what? Mm. We'll take an L on that one. Yeah. Okay, actress. So we have Joan Allen for The Contender. I'm sorry, The Contender. This movie has three acting nominations. What the? F- I'm. Who, s- what is this? It's like a <laughs> fake president movie. Okay. It's not even a real president. It's not even Aaron Sorkin. Like it's not even an Aaron Sorkin president. <laughs> like um, Juliette Binoche for Shock a Lot. Shock a Lot. Um, Ellen Burstyn for Requiem for a Dream, and Laura Linney for You Can Count on Me. And of course, we have Queen Bitch Julia Roberts winning for Aaron Brockovich. Also, if you want to like scream okay you guys go to (laughs) youtube.com search for like 2001 oscar red carpet yeah this poor woman who i'm assuming never worked again yeah she's like julia you look fabulous julia looks her up Up and and down down and says nice oh my god the dressing down this woman like julia roberts is the quintessential mean girl and we love her I fucking it. love her for it and she is at like okay spoiler alert <laughs> she wins <laughs> spoiler alert she fucking wins and i feel like so often the academy gets it never gets it right in terms of actor and the role that they award this is one of the few times this is it where this is exactly the role she Win, should win for mm-hmm. and at exactly the right time they're called boobs ed i have no notes for this category i mean i have a ton of notes but i have no <laughs> notes for this win i'm so yeah, happy yeah, yeah, with yeah, this yeah. win this is academy you got to right with this one i wonder if steven soderbergh has he seems to work really well with like alphas yeah oceans 11 anybody just like big dogs for sure that's it interesting so in this category i'm gonna keep laura linney because like i aforementioned loved this movie and she's so laura linney in it she's pushed she's pulled she's a rock she's a hot place I she's going through a lot laura linney one of our great i'm an actor i actors. am acting i am acting and you're welcome yes and it's always you're so welcome for this um thankful for and i will keep ellen burston just because she had to suffer through a darren aronofsky movie who is also sitting right next to her at the ceremony yeah which is also i guess he's her date Mm, i'm not interested don't love that i do love ellen burston though i'll i'll keep her in there i'm gonna add movie star actress jean z Absolutely. For her incredible role in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. A Star is Born. Ugh. I'm sure she was in movies before this, but like A Star is Born. Like she carries this movie so effortlessly. Such a great coming of age story for her. 
Again, the longing. The longing for a life. The fire in your stomach of like, I want something more. The, oh, like, yeah. The the sheltered princess. The shelter. Yes. When you're a warrior, but you're a sheltered princess. Obsessed. My favorite Disney trope. <laughs> yes. But like actually executed. But like well. actually a pem. Um, and then I'm gonna put Sana Lethen for Love and Basketball. It's so like it's a very very simple story and it's a story we've seen before, but the writing is incredible and the performances are so layered again filled with Lonnie like there's so much for her to work with and she just fucking nails it she's so good in that movie um who are your nominees copy paste print love your list again I've written slim pickens yeah I'm happy with my I'm happy with your list my list but if you have any changes I truly do not okay okay well, best actor. This is a year where there's a very clear winner who was not nominated at all. Not in my even opinion. like a whisper of conversation yeah, around this movie, which is so wild. Crazy. Talk about a movie that like continues to be culturally relevant and like more and more prophetic. Yeah, this is a very obvious Christian Bale wins for American Psycho. Okay, but who did win was Russell Crowe for Gladiator. Yeah, and then then we had Javier Bardem for Before Night Falls. Tom Hanks, Castaway, ever Mm -hmm. heard of it? Ed Harris directing himself in Pollock. And Jeffrey Rush uh, writing on the dungeon walls in Poop. Quills. So you've got... Christian Bale winning. Absolutely. Who are your other four? I will keep a few of these. I'll keep Tom Hanks in Castaway. Had also never seen it. That movie is basically like an experimental film, but big budget. I loved that. I'm going to keep Javier Bardem because I feel like this would have been a very exciting new talent. First Spanish actor nominated for an Oscar. That's right. I will also keep Russell Crowe. Thank you very much. And then I'm going to add George Clooney for Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Hell yeah, dude. Such a great comedic performance. No one does like... Wackadoo? Wackadoo and like... I'm a buffoon who thinks he has it all down. I've got everything right. I'm doing everything perfectly. 10 out of 10. And it couldn't be the farther, farthest <laughs> thing from the truth. Like no one does that better than George Clooney. He's so good at He's it. He's so good. And he's, that's a movie star role. I love movies where the actor is like, I'm hot as hell, yeah. but I'm going to like, I wish I was a character actor. Yes. George Clooney, Jude Law, Colin Farrell. Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. Like all these dudes that are like character actors trapped in the body of movie stars. Yes. And I feel like the older they get, like Jude Law losing his hair is the best thing that ever happened to him. Yeah. Like he's, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, okay, so you're adding... The clone. I'm adding the clone. Who are um, your noms? Christian Bale, for sure. Tom Hanks. George. Also who had to suffer was Jim Carrey in the grid. <laughs> Actor meets role. Yeah, one one thousand percent. Else is playing the Grinch. <laughs> I would have been so fine with that. Yeah. Okay. Christian Bale is winning. Regardless. This is- 
I mean, one of the great performances of our time. Because it's so without ego. And I truly believe this is a situation of only a woman could have directed this movie. Yeah. And it and it be what it is. And like for a 20, I think he was like 27 when he made this movie. For a 27 year old man to actually get it, to get. He is dialed in. Like He's dialed into what this yeah. character is. Okay, why here? Why was this not? Is it literally just because Mary Heron was like a nobody lady? Like, why doesn't this? Why wasn't this even? I think on the books. Well, I think people didn't know what to do with it. I think it was one of those. It was like ahead of its time in being like a super dark satire. And I guess I think we, it was that. It was also just like. The violence of it. I think I, you know what I think oh, it is. It was vi- like the violence. No one could rectify that level of violence being made by a woman. Okay, well, that to me is probably what happened. Interesting. That's my prediction. And yeah, we'll see disgusting things in the movie Traffic. Yeah, but this is I don't know. I think I think American Psycho is a brilliant movie. It will always be relevant. Even for a movie made in 2000 about the 80s, and it will always be prophetic because it is a movie about the, the fragility of man. Of man. <laughs> yeah. And that will always be there. I mean, Say that's that. it, folks. Those are like four very exciting Oscar wins. That's the photo I want to see. At that the is the fucking backstage. photo I want to see. That, can you imagine? Oh my god. What could have been? Crazy. Okay. Screenplays? Uh-huh. Original screenplay. This is where the fun is. Usually this is where the Academy will deign to acknowledge <laughs> actual creativity and boldness. So this year, Almost Famous by Cameron Crowe wins. This is a win I can get behind. So original Original screenplay. Almost Famous, Billy Elliot, Aaron Brockovich, Gladiator, You Can Count On Me. That's right. I'm okay with a lot of these. I love that You Can Count On Me is nominated. Yeah, it's a great script. But there's like two little indies that could there, like the Almost Famous, like... That was not an indie. Okay, but I mean like a talkie. A talkie, yeah. I would put in, just because I think the script is so so good i would put love and basketball in there instead of billy elliot but for the most part i'm like very okay with this category and i do love almost famous winning i'm sorry it's an incredible script don't you apologize to me okay why is aaron brockovich original (laughs) because i get into mary and i have like mary's had to try so hard to explain (laughs) this to me sometimes multiple times okay Aaron Brockovich has to be based on but it's it's based okay so here's what it is if if it's based on existing IP something published something produced yes so Aaron Brockovich is based on a true story but it's not based on a book about that story or or an article about that story it's just the story itself and is traffic spoilers for adapted based off of a tv series okay gotcha i'm with you multiple times zoe has been like 
that doesn't hold for me. That doesn't work for me. I don't like that. I don't get it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, and then adapted. Uh, You have traffic winning for what? Um, Shock a lot. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, and Wonder Boys, a movie that does not hold up. Yeah, I was like, oh, Mary, you're going to love Wonder Boys. <laughs> and then Mary watched it and was like, are you okay? It's not that bad, but it's not good. Yeah, I don't think I've seen it since maybe 2003. Like, okay, perfect example. Chocolat is such a fucking Miramax movie. It's such a Harvey Weinstein special. Like, it's like a perfectly fine enjoyable movie truly nothing special about it and it's nominated for like all this it's nominated for best picture so i will keep two of these i will keep oh brother where art thou great script absolutely based on the odyssey (laughs) pop off joel and ethan (laughs) um and crouching tiger hidden dragon truly perfect script all meat no fat the economy the economy of that script i'm gonna add the virgin suicides Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i'm gonna add charlie's angels okay interesting because that has some of the great one-liners of our time flip your gun this is a fantasy one i guess this isn't like a coulda Right. It just, it's a shoulda. It's a shoulda. <laughs> um, and then I uh, 1,000% have American Psycho winning for adapted screenplay. Because oh, t- that yeah. is like okay, a per- such a great script. Mm, I like that. Any any changes? No. What do you think of Charlie's Angels being in there? I don't think the... No, I'm going to say no. Whoa! Why? Because I don't think the best editing, yes. Best costume design, best production design, best. Mary's giving me a look. But okay, but not best script. I don't know. I don't think the magic comes from the plot. Oh, it's not the plot. I think it's the specific lines and how they're son by these incredible women well yes but i feel like you can just stick it in my slot i think flip your goddamn hair you're reading that in a script and you're like okay that's funny but then you have lucy Liu. yeah flip your goddamn she hair. makes it sing these women are this like yeah they're what there is what making this dialogue okay pop okay fair enough sorry then i'm I don't have a fifth nominee. My dreams have been shattered. I have to come up with something else. I guess we're only doing four. Because I, I mean, I'm, I'm being facetious, but I also, I get what you mean. And you have convinced me that you're, you're right. The lines are incredible, but they're incredible because of the women. Okay. I don't know how to make chicken. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like- yeah. Okay. But yeah, American Psycho for Best Picture. Okay, here we, here we go. go. Our winner is Gladiator. We also have Shaco Law, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Aaron Brockovich, 
and traffic. More like tragic. (laughs) (laughs) Stupid. Um, That's really a snapshot of the year. So few times I feel like it's like this is what... This This is is the year 2000. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm keeping Gladiator because Gladiator rocks dude <laughs> it fucking rips i fucking love so this, this movie. is a movie that was not a part of my childhood randomly like i'm surprised it wasn't mm-hmm. i watched it amir probably within the past year i was there yeah though i was there you best believe it's very very good it's a very good studio blockbuster we didn't get into it I do not understand the Russell Crowe of it all (laughs) whatsoever. I don't, I've never understood it. I don't understand the hot, the attraction. Like he's like, he seems to be like a hot patootie. There's cultural references of him being like the hottest man alive. Like Like in Sex and the City, City. City, they're like Russell Crowe. I mean, they all have crazy taste in men anyways. But um, I also don't get him as an actor i don't think he has any range i understand him in this role i get why he's perfect for this part and that he's very good in it but no other time have i been like this man pops on screen he he's like just like a beef head like a fucking (laughs) he's a meatball he's a meatball he's a scary meatball (laughs) Scary Meeple, Russell Crowe. So my nominees... Okay, here we go. ...are, uh, yes, Gladiator, Aaron Brockovich, Almost Famous, American Psycho, and the winner is... And the Oscar goes to. They changed that at some point. So that it wasn't, like, emphasizing that everyone else are losers. It's just, like, the Oscar is going to. Okay, fun. The Oscar goes to... Crouching Tiger, Hell Hidden Dragon. Yeah. Because there's no other option. Wait, okay, say your nominees first. Okay, and okay. your winner. And then okay. we'll get into it. American Psycho, Virgin Suicides, Gladiator, Almost Famous, Best in Show, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, Aaron Brockovich. We're, it's five nominees, babe. Oh, I like ten. We're not there yet, and you know we're going to have an explosive argument about it. <laughs> okay, okay. American Psycho, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, Gladiator, Almost Famous, Best in Show. You don't have Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon in there. Okay. American Psycho, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, Gladiator, Almost Famous, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Okay. I kept Aaron Brockovich instead of Oh Brother, Where Art Thou. But I I can accept. Well, I hate women. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, who's your winner? Yes, Crouching Tiger. Absolutely. Okay, we just have to take a break because <laughs> we had our first fight. <laughs> okay, I'm, this podcast is bringing both life and death <laughs> to our friendship. I am an older sister, and Mary is a little sister, and yeah. best director. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this year you have Miss Stephanie Soderbergh nominated twice. Two times. Two different movies. 
aforementioned Traffic, aka Tragic, and Aaron Brockovich. And then we also have Stephen Daldry for Billy Elliot, Ain Lee for Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and Ridley Scott for Gladiator. And Stephen Sober, uh, Sober Dirk wins for Traffic? Like, if you're going to give it to him for one of them. Give it to him for, for Aaron Brockovich, for frickin' sake. It's wild. For frickin' sake. I, like, where What do you Where do you think this came from, actually, though? Like, I, do you think it's, like, if you're nominated twice, you have to win for one of them? If you're nominated twice and you don't win. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just, I'm really am curious, like. I guess traffic was just really well received at the time. I think this is the era of like white savior. The white is very, very white savior. It's very, the drug wars were real and they are on our mind. You guys, this affects all of us. Yeah. That's the tone of the movie. I think it's like a social common. It's like a, this is socially relevant. This is socially important. And it can, we can watch it and think a lot about it, but and ultimately end up feeling really good about ourselves. Ultimately, I'll write a check and I'll feel better. I don't know where it's going, but I've written it. <laughs> I also, this movie is hideous. It looks so. It's so hard wretched. to even look at. Like this, I am so. Sorry to all these movies from the early 2000s that have this horrific color saturation. And, like, they're like, hey, have you guys heard of video? Ugh, God. Yeah. I don't even know. Was this shot on video? I don't know. But, it's but it like... has, like, the stench of video color correction. Like, that overly saturated yellow. Yeah. Yellows and blacks. It's, like, hideous. And everything is, like, handheld. I think I would maybe go down the line of my best pictures for directors in this case. Who have you got? I've got Steven Soberderg for Aaron Brockovich. Mary Heron for American Psycho. Cameron Crowe for Almost Famous. Ridley Scott for Gladiator. And Ain Lee winning for Crouching Tiger, Hidden okay. Dragon. Yes, literally same same that movie must have been a beast to make which one crouching tiger oh yeah and it all just looks effortless every Easy, scene breezy. is like yes that had to happen exactly how it happened 10 out of 10 no notes for mr lee any special mentions? Special mentions. I think this is a pretty great year for soundtrack for like best song. Hell yeah, dude. Wait, we gotta <laughs> talk about this. This is a great year for performances. <laughs> this is a great year for Yo Yo fucking Ma. Ma, babe. This man, man slaps. Okay, I, I wish they would do this more. So during this ceremony, they do all of the like original song performances, but they also do a mashup, like a montage, a montage. That's the word of all of the 
original scores with Itzhak Perlman and Yo-Yo fucking Ma. Like, and it fucking rips. It's so good. And they let them play like a full minute of the score. So yeah. you're like, it's like all of the main themes. <sighs> oh, it's so. And they're having the fucking time of their lives. They're having so much fun. And at the end, they like hold hands and are like, yeah, dude. It's so good. I wish they did that every year was, yeah. with those two exact same people. Only those two men. I think one of the best nominations this year of like, okay, the Academy maybe gets it is Bjork (laughs) for her song from Dancer in the Dark and her performance in the swan dress. She had no costume, Jane. No, she knew what she was doing. She She knew this. The stress is iconography. She probably felt really cute. Yeah, she looked really cute. Yeah. Introduced by Winona Ryder, perfect pairing. Who was just fangirling. This is also something that we've noticed of like the ingenue introducing best original song. Yeah, the young girlies introducing best songs. Julia Stiles. Julia Stiles, the Molly Ringwald of the early 2000s. What are some other highlights from this? Um, Seeing Benjamin Bratt's face so much. Truly such a gorgeous man. Julia Roberts is like... It's her night, and she knows it. She brought. She is having the time of her life. She is over laughing her ass off. Like she's mentioned so many times throughout, like presenters and the monologue, and like yeah, Steve Martin brings her up like four times. And they also reference that movie tickets are now ten dollars, and they say it's be. And he makes a joke that it's because of Julia Roberts because she was get, finally getting paid as much as the boys. And it's her fault that now movie tickets cost $10. As I mean, one could wish that movie tickets cost $10 again. I also loved Joaquin Phoenix just smacking on some chewing gum. He and Russell Crowe are like, we're the cool guys. They have no fucks to give about this ceremony. There's like Joaquin is one of those people that it's like I I will always feel one of two ways about him either like yeah this guy is is fucking cool and he is the best and the other part of me is like get a fucking grip like fucking like shut up <laughs> ugh you're so annoying I've, you're not that cool I've literally never thought that about him I love him you've never thought that about him no. I've always just been like, yeah, go off, King. <laughs> um, I think the most, like, obvious, like, stench of a given time moment is just going back to our, like, self-seriousness of Catherine Zeta-Jones talking about cavemen <laughs> would draw in the dark. Like, she's talking about, like, how art has been blah, blah, blah. And it's, like, for production design or something. Yeah. and. That's just so, like, as we were watching, we were just like, this is what this is all about. Yeah. The performance yeah. that she's giving as the presenter. She is Catherine Zeta-Jones playing the woman who is presenting. Yeah. It's, and it's like, incredible. Yeah. And it's like, we are here to celebrate art. Yeah. And the blurbs that they're given to introduce <laughs> categories are always so horrible and like nonsensical and hyperbolic and they give it their goddamn all i think we have some segments 
We have segments. Some little cuties. How did this get laid? So this is our segment of, okay, who was the hot, who was prom king? Who was hot shit? And who, and why? Because I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't like that. But also, like, on the flip side, who was your, thank God this got laid. Or like, honey. So my, how did this get laid is obviously russell (laughs) crowe what are we doing here (laughs) scary meatball (laughs) there's nothing appealing about him to me he's also smacking on some juicy fruit these two were like sitting next to each other it's like you and you okay how do you have you never thought like i'm gonna look really fucking cool doing this you've never felt that about walking phoenix that that's what's going through his mind of like I look so fucking cool right now. Yeah, but I just never hold it against. Because <laughs> he looks cool. I love him. Don't he get brought me his wrong. mom. Don't get me wrong. I, they I always bring him, their moms. And then my fuck yeah. My like, thank God. Billy Crudup. Yeah, there's a lot of handsome men this year. I think Chow Yun Fat is like basically gregory peck mm, mm-hmm. him presenting with michelle yo he's a little sillier but yes well like a little maybe a Cary grant yeah there's like a you there's know, definitely a, a throwback like this is a golden age of cinema yes movie. yeah for sure for me billy crudup is like violently hot <laughs> and him in almost famous that's spe- especially so and then there's also our um excuse me who the fuck is that this is a in within this year this person made a mark that was like who the fuck is that where have they been i want more mine for this year is mark ruffalo yeah for you can count on me because for sure Holy fuck, this man is so hot he's and really so talented. Just, like, blasts onto the screen. He really does. Um, mine is Sam Rockwell and Charlie's Angels. Love that. I'm, I am 100% behind that as well. Almost anyone in Almost Famous. Yeah, Kate Hudson would also be a great candidate for that. Can we talk about fashion? Yes, Please. I thought you never asked. So my in with Academy Awards has always started off as the fashion of it all. I was a fashion child. I loved fashion. <laughs> it was my entire life. So I w- started watching the Oscars because of that. To see the red carpet, see what all the ga- all the girlies were wearing. It became more and more about the, f- the film of it all. But I'm such a bitch that I like... <laughs> I'm lucky if there are two looks that I can get behind at an mm. Academy Awards. Like, it's pretty bleak. This is a pretty great year. There are three looks that I'm obsessed with. Four, actually. That's huge. That never happens. Huge. Because also, if it's like, okay, that's a nice dress, but your hair is ridiculous. Yeah, it has to be the full look. Yeah. And it has to be a moment. Like, sure, some of these dresses are like objectively pretty or all of these women look beautiful you know but it's not 
a cohesive vision it's not a moment like Catherine zeta jones looks exquisite she looks exquisite i it's could not, not tell you what her dress lo- it looks like it's nothing memorable yeah i mean we have to mention bjork's swan dress and lest we forget <laughs> people forget people i don't i don't think people know <laughs> bjork laid an egg on the red carpet in her swan dress and you may be asking what this is a like cantaloupe size egg egg that sh- was kicking around on that carpet. You can follow us at <laughs> Bjork's egg at Bjork's underscore egg. That's where you will find all things picture this um, on Instagram. For reference, you will also find that photo there. But I mean, this woman talk about being ahead. I think she's like. 3,000 years ahead of her time. She's not with us. She's not of this world. No. And the egg, I love this because it is like, it's giving mother. (laughs) (laughs) It's telling a story. It's telling. And we watched the red carpet and it's, he's like, oh, you look, uh, who made this? Yeah, he's like, this is a really interesting dress. Tell me about it. She's like, oh, my friend made it. (laughs) He's like, you look great. She's like, thank you. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. The man had nowhere else to go. He literally was like, Well, have a great night. He was absolutely trapped by that dress. Oh my god. My best dress? Mm-hmm. Penny Cruz. She looks oh stunning. It's mostly the hair for me. Yeah. But the dress The dress is really beautiful too. Oh, Ralph Lauren, I believe. She's like my number four. Sorry. Tied for number one for me are Jean Z and Michelle Yeoh. These dresses have been lost to time. They are never featured in like best dressed in Oscar history. And they fucking should be. They are both fucking serving. Like, yeah. And they're so unknown. I don't even know who the designers of these dresses are. That's, like, what we're dealing with. It's a travesty, honestly. They're both such, like, cohesive looks. Mm. They're so gorgeous. And they're so of their time while still being timeless. Like, they'll always look beautiful. But, like, Jean Z's dress has hot pinks and lime greens. And, like, she's wearing, like, hot pink shoes. But it's gorgeous, and it's so 2000. Yes, but it's still classic. But it's still classic. And Michelle Yeoh is wearing, like, a tiger sequined... I think it's a tiger print. It's stunning. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I know we disagree on this. I also love Miss Renee Zellweger and her vintage Jean de Sestras. Um, I think that's how you pronounce it. I don't care if I'm wrong. Gorgeous yellow drapery. Her hair and makeup is looking beautiful. Her hair and makeup is stunning. I think this dress is so beautiful. It's like other dresses could never. They want to be this and they're not. I have a tough time with this shade of yellow. I think it's so pretty. For such a like translucent woman. I just think. I don't know. Yeah. In some photographs it works better than others i also i'm sorry hate the cut i love it 
this like vintage 50s grecian gown but it's like weird around the middle and it's like a weird le- like the draping i love the back drape <sighs> get your eyes on it let us know what you think also while you're there take a look at jillian anderson's thong protruding out of her dress at the after party it would be bad if we did not mention julia this is considered one of the great oscar gowns of all time i would agree except for the triangle of sadness sheer thing on her cleavage it's so ugly it ruins the entire dress i don't mind the dress it's the hair for me i this yeah the hair is too it looks too heavy for someone also known for her hair yeah you know what i mean like it I is guess, yeah i think she's going for like i'm a classic hollywood beauty and which like obviously she is it's not her it just famous so red on her neck yeah she's missing her red i would have loved for her to win with her signature like reddish waves yeah with that dress you can't wear your hair down but she could have done something more julia like a it's pony. Julia, I think you're she right. Would've, I think she could have really rocked a pony with that dress. <sighs> I don't... Listen, this is a safe space for women, but Juliette Binoche looked ridiculous. Okay, there was a real, like, ni- 20s flapper thing going on. Her and Ashley Judd. They... And, like, other people, too. It was, like, strands of pearls and, like, flapper dresses. It's like, this isn't a met gala theme it's so yeah it's so costumey for sure um i don't want to talk about it but i'm just gonna say the name kate hudson (sighs) this one's pretty devastating for me what also she had some great looks throughout this award season she wore like a gorgeous black slip dress to the golden globe she looked amazing and then she just has like this her i don't know it's it's a bummer i i actually can't get into it but yeah i like the color mm, it's basically i don't even denim. think i can say that don't even think i can go there now the only two things missing for me from this both nominations conversation and ceremony mm-hmm. are two best original songs that were sadly overlooked Tell me, what are we working with? Have you ever seen the movie Coyote Ugly? You bet your ass I have. I've actually seen it with you. And we had a <laughs> At my grand old time with it. That was a huge sleepover movie for oh, me. Oh my which, God. Like rewatching it now, I'm like, that is like, how, are we okay? <laughs> the fact that we turned out even Remotely. some semblance of normal is like kind of a feat. As, like, little children, we would, like, get dance on the couches and, like, turn you our shirts. your bellies? You know how you, when you're a kid, you, like, <laughs> yes. take the bottom of your shirt and, like, wrap it into the top of it and, like, pull it down? We would do that and, like, dance on couches as if we were dancing Gyrating. on tables. Okay. I thought Adam Garcia was so... Australia's finest. Australia's finest. I tried to make Mary watch Bootmen, um, which also came out this year. You did make me watch Bootmen. Okay, but I regret it every second of it. There is a rough storyline <laughs> that we won't rotten. even discuss. It's rotted. 
Australia is really famous for upsetting cinema. <laughs> Yikes a doodle. Yikes a doodle daisies. Yeah, they simply cannot help themselves. But yeah. the movie Coyote Ugly gave us Can't Fight the Moonlight. Uh-huh. Gave birth to a generation. An incredible song. Inc- can you imagine? At the Oscars. At the Oscars. From the motion picture, Coyote Ugly, <laughs> this is Can't Fight the Moonlight. Leanne Rhymes singing Leanne Rhymes. <laughs> okay. Okay, and the second is a absolute banger lost to history. Okay. From the film Godzilla. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. Okay, it's a Led Zeppelin song, so Jimmy Page is, like, I guess featured on it. Okay. It's so good. I grew up in, like, a soundtrack house. Uh Uh-huh. Soundtracks are very important to me. Yeah. And I think this is because of my father, who would play soundtracks. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this was, like, the song he tested out our new sound system with. (laughs) Oh, my God. I love that. It's so good. I also remember Men in Black being a big... We were in, like, a huge soundtrack household, but the Oh Brother, Where Art Thou soundtrack soundtrack was huge in my house. That's, like, my dad's jam. That's a dad album. I just remembered my... Who the hell is that? Another one for me was Jesse Bradford and Bring It On. Oh, for sure. Just, like, the toothbrush... I was, like... Okay, toothbrushing scene? Iconic. One of the great moments in cinema history. The year, this era of like brown haired, like brother character. Yes. Okay, so I'm thinking Princess Diaries. Yeah. Early 2000s, like brown haired cuties. Adrian Brody in the OC. Excuse you, Adam Brody. How dare you? That's so funny. No, totally. The brown-haired cuties of the early 2000s it's fully shaped f- me. Those women raised me. <laughs> yeah. No, the toothbrushing scene is one of the greatest flirting scenes in all of cinema history. Which is crazy because that's objectively disgusting. Yeah, they... Like gag yeah. barf. Yeah, gross. but it's so cute. And obviously our girl Kiki is just killing that he's seven it up she's lobbying it she is effortless that is a silent scene of just them spitting and i'm like it's the cutest meet cute cutest flirting scene i've ever seen well mary i think we we did it i think we did it again you can find us at bjorks (laughs) underscore egg on instagram (laughs) we had a lot of coffee and i had a lot of fun so see you next time See you next time. Later Sunday. <laughs>